Man's inspiration through the workers' blood shall run. There can be no power greater anywhere beneath the sun. Yet what force on earth is weaker than the feeble strength of one? But the union makes us strong. Happy Labor Day, everyone. I, uh, this is Patty Vasquez. We are live. Lady B and I are in the studio. We're in the station. And I uh, wanted to say hi and hope that you are happy, healthy, and safe wherever you are. And that's a little bit of uh, Solidarity Forever, American Workers song. And uh, we're talking labor today. How we got here and uh, really the resurgence of labor unions uh, in the wake of the pandemic. So many uh, people have started to realize that they need to fight for their rights. The pandemic obviously exposed the inequalities uh, throughout the country and obviously around the world. Here we saw uh, so many uh, places that it seemed as though we would never have unions, whether it's uh, Amazon in New York, uh, Starbucks around the country. Give us a call and tell us what your experience has been uh, watching unions uh, fighting harder than ever before. Because really, even if you aren't a member of a union, you benefit from the work that they do in, in so many ways, whether it's the union members in your community that have protection so that they are safe, so that they are earning a fair wage, or and that means that they are putting money back into the economy, that they can contribute uh, to the community, whether it's uh, participating it's in school boards or in churches. or I mean, this is all part of what makes our neighborhoods great in Chicago, our communities strong across the country. I've been in a, a union member for over uh, 20, 22 years, and uh, I was telling this story on Saturday. It was such a strange way to kick off the weekend. I got some mail. My mother, uh, we live with my mom in a two-flat, and she sometimes gets the mail before we do. And sometimes she knows when I'm getting a check. She can tell by the envelope. And she came up. She's like, Patricia, do you have mail? And it was a check from SAG-AFTRA, which is uh, which is my union, the Screen Actors Guild and the American Federation of TV and Radio Artists. And I received a check. It was a residual check. I filmed a episode, an episode of Comics Unleashed. I believe it was 2015. It's been a while. And thank you to folks who recently saw my appearance on Comedy.TV. Uh, they recorded these all several years ago, and, and they used them kind of in perpetuity. And originally, the contract that we, we signed was not being honored. And SAG-AFTRA went to the mats and made sure that the performers that appeared on that show received their pay. So I continue to receive checks because my union fought for my rights and to protect my income. So I appreciate SAG-AFTRA and I'm a proud card-carrying member. And look, I get some perks too. I get to watch uh, movies at home when it comes to the Screen Actors Guild Awards. And so that that's the fun part of it. But it's also the safety part of it on the set uh, as far as how, how much we get paid, uh, paying into our pensions or health care. It's hard because being a performer is feast or famine. The majority of the members in SAG-AFTRA will never be millionaires. We will never be millionaires. And that it's important that there is that, that trade-off. And there are stars who will refuse to work in, in projects that are not union-backed. And as a matter of fact, we are we're bound by our union to work on union projects so that we don't diminish the value of other workers, whether it's the crew, the writers, the performers, uh, the everything. Every, there's so many different elements that go into uh, providing entertainment uh, and news and and the kinds of things that we consume so uh, for whether it's for entertainment or edification 
Let me take a, our first call out of the gate is Jim. Hi, Jim. Happy Labor Day, my Hi. friend. Hi. You too, you too. Does, will Scrooge give you a Christmas day off? Will you get Christmas day off from Scrooge? I don't know. This is by choice. Anyway. This, this is by choice. All right, good, yeah. good for you, Jim. Thank you. I was just going to give, I was going to give a, uh, Mother Jones comes to the main, the lovely Irish woman who fought for the miners, uh, she did marvelous things for unions and how the kids would have to go into unions at 12 and 13 years old. You know, I had living relatives that were very generous people to me, and they had to quit school in the eighth grade and the you know, freshman year and work to survive. Right. To survive. And uh, unions have been uh, you know, the answer to our prayers. That's why I am a Democrat. But real quick, I want to say, Peter, you know what told me you were talking about sexual harassment? And Joe Biden mentioned the lack of manners by the yes. Republican Party. Mm-hmm. And and that seems to be so pervasive in our society. I have no idea why, but it's very difficult to find a well-mannered adolescent or adult uh, in a face-to-face situation. Uh, I don't know what, how we improve on that, but... Uh, you mean in general people are losing social skills? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. As far as being... Uh, as far as being uh, civilized, yeah. civilized, a civilized conversation, a civilized conversation. I agree. You know, they go right to the, they go right to the uh, to the barbaric, and for some reason, I, I noticed that. Uh, but anyway, I just hope we get back to. I agree with Joe Biden on that score. You know, even well, it, 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 Jim Lehrer was a he did all the presidential debates, and he said the comment that. Uh, Trump said to Billy Bush on that bus, they would disqualify any candidate that he knew of all those years. And he did those debates for years and years and years. But we've come to this situation where we're, we'll accept any kind of craziness. Anyway, Pia, I'm glad you're there today. I, I got something to listen to. I thought it'd be a rerun. That's okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Take, Take care. Okay. Do, do, do. Appreciate it, Jim. Yeah, I, well, to the point about uh, manners, I, I find that I am even I'll I'll sort of push back on people who are rude. Just calling. Let's just say someone's cold calling me and I know I shouldn't answer the phone if I don't recognize the number coming in. If it's important, they will leave a voicemail. But I'm still a person. Uh, I, I just I got to quote uh, Dorothy Parker uh, when she hears a, a phone ringing obviously long before caller ID. Her quote is, uh, what fresh hell is this? <laughs> I kind of, I like to see what kind of surprise I'm going to get on the other end of the phone. And when someone's, <laughs> and when I answer the phone and they say, is this Patty? Um, yeah, I'm going to need you to kind of <laughs> soften that a little bit. I would say, and I catch myself still doing this too. I'll call somebody and be like, uh, hi, hi, is this Jim? Right. Rather than is Jim there? Right. When I was a kid, you would say, hi, you know, is Susie there or can I speak to, right? That's what we would say. And now I realize that I was never even spo- uh, taught like, hi, this is Patty. I'm calling to talk to Susie or can I, you know, it was always, can I talk to somebody? That was how I called when I was a kid. And not like, not just as soon as someone answers the phone, is it Susie? Like, it's just so, uh, I don't know, aggressive it feels like. But I find that I'm doing that once in a while too. And when, I, when people call me and immediately say, is this Patty? Uh, I say, um... 
I, I, I tried to hang up. I, I, I don't I don't have to make everything a teachable moment, but I figure uh, if they're calling and, they, and they're going to do this, I, 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 I consider it maybe being helpful or possibly really annoying. But I'll say, hi, you know, maybe the best way to do this is to introduce yourself first. Um, but I, I know that I don't always do that. But hi, this is Patty. Um, may I speak to Bedalia? Or hi, this is Patty. Is this Bedalia? So either one of those will work, I guess. But just call it. But even the simple things like phone calls, we're not able to do anymore. We don't have that skill. Um, you know, we're. It's because, in part, I believe everything's so immediate. You know, you want to you want an immediate reaction to a, a text or an email, and we don't have we don't have that time because everything is so accessible. If you want to watch a movie, you pull it up on your phone. You want to listen to a song, you just you, seconds, right? Remember how long we had to wait for something to load? If we had to wait for something to load, we lose our minds now. So I think that's part of it. There's this sort of collective anxiety of needing some sort of satisfaction immediately. That might be part of it. I did appreciate that moment in Joe Biden's speech when he said that uh, manners have never been their strong skill uh, and meaning the the the, mag, the magas the people who are all in and if you heard president biden's speech and felt offended it's because he was talking about you i guess i don't know what to tell you uh, when he's look if you just look at the two very different reactions to hecklers in the crowd or nearby when President, when President Trump was in office, he would say, drag them out, beat them up. Like he would try to make them a target of hostility and possibly violence sometimes. Right. And and, in contrast, President Biden said that man has every right to be. What did he say? Outrageous. That's a democracy. That's the truth. I saw I saw Hillary Clinton. I almost said President Hillary Clinton, but I saw candidate for president Hillary Clinton speak at the Pickwick Theater in Park Ridge. And she had protesters. She didn't point them out as targets for shame or rage or violence. You know, she she kept talking. They had their their say, and that was it. Everyone was fine. You don't have to mock somebody or make them a target of violence in order to, if, if that's the kind of person you are, then you are not truly a leader by diminishing somebody. I mean, look, I said I was done. Well, I was, I was, I, if you go back, you can actually look on YouTube. There's a video we made at my pre- previous radio station a couple years before Trump was even going to run when they had, remember when they had the big letters, the Trump letters on the side of the building? Well, they still have them there, but there was a big fight over whether or not he had the right to do that. So I just made a video with uh, Tim Barnes, by the way, who is a writer in New York. Uh, he's been a writer, I believe he was a writer for one of the late shows, but he has a new web series that you can find for Comedy Central. But uh, Tim Barnes and I went out and I was just yelling at the building, uh, basically yelling at the building as I would want to yell at, at Donald Trump. And this was in 2014 or 15, uh, you know, it, it, would, it, would, it wouldn't look any worse if you put a toupee on it or something. I'm just yelling across the river. And we interviewed people on Michigan Avenue and near the Trump Tower to ask them how they felt about it. And a lot of people did not like it. A few people liked it. They thought it was, it was, and it 
was his right. That's ultimately what the city of Chicago and city council determined that he had the right to put his name on the building. But uh, so my my disdain for Trump predates his running for for office. I remember the moment I knew I couldn't stand this guy. It was the 90s. It was one of the pageants. And he called one of his Latina contestants uh, pudgy or chunky or overweight or whatever it was. And and that was I, I there. There comes a moment for me with certain people in the public sphere. And I know it happens to me. I know that there are people uh, who listen to my voice, don't like what I say or how I say it, and they're done and they hate me. And that's that's the risk I take by being out, you know, being a public person. So for me, it was when Trump was mocking his incredibly beautiful and talented contestant uh, from Miss Universe, I believe. And uh, and I was just like, Ugh, I was just I was done. And everything since then has reinforced my opinion. And actually, it should be for the Central Park Five. I wasn't paying attention to that story where he really ra- was manipulating fear and weaponized racism in order to help put these these men away. For something they didn't do. And that's something that we, again, all the things that stack up and you go, this guy is bad. He's going to be horrible as a leader. Uh, it was just, it went without saying. It should have gone without saying. But here we are. And again, going back to, to Labor Day, it is uh, it is remarkable and important to remember uh, so many of the accomplishments over the last year that have benefited unions under this administration led by President Biden and Democrats uh, legislatively across the country when it comes to, you know, whether it's infrastructure, uh, you know, prescription, all these things add up to really providing more stability for the working class, for the laborers, because the, I was listening to a speech, and maybe I'll play a little bit of it. I'll look up for the, the organizer for Amazon in New York, and he was talking about how, you know, th- when when workers have rights, we are stronger as a country. Without the workers, the corporations are nothing. They're just, it doesn't matter how smart you are at making money and hiding it in offshore accounts. You, you can't do any of that with all of the workers and the people who are working who are buying your stuff. This is something I, I thought in 2008. All these companies that were laying people off in 2008, of course we were going to have a recession because people can't buy your crap if they don't have an income. It was like there was, there's just doesn't seem to be any flexibility when it comes to, look, we're, we're in a trying time. And but the pandemic made us do that. But in 2008, it was just basically uh, cut payrolls and fire people. And of course, when people didn't have the ability to make an income, they weren't going to be able to put it back into the economy. The pandemic, yes, we lost a lot of jobs. And being able to have, whether it was PPP, many people did not use their their, uh, their payroll protection loans appropriately and were not held accountable. And that's a problem. But for, for a lot of people, that was a lifeline to be able to continue, whether it's staying in their homes, in their neighborhoods, providing for their families. And I think that's part of why unions have gotten a lot of strength to say, oh, wait a minute, we need to fight for each other. We need to fight for safety at work because that was a huge thing. We found that people didn't have access to masks and gloves and the kinds of things that would prevent them from possibly catching COVID at work. And we are, and look, remote work helped a lot of people. So flexibility in the workplace was crucial to making it through the pandemic. And I think some of that also help people realize that they need to find something that's fulfilling and pays the bills and helps them fulfill their dreams, reach their potential. Let's take a break here. You're listening to Driving at Home with me, Patty Vasquez. We're live today uh, because, I look, I live right around the corner. And I, the other reason, Lady B, the reason I didn't want to 
ask any guests to come in or be on the phone is it's their holiday. Like I get that it's just a phone call or hanging out for half an hour, but a lot of people get stressed out about what are we going to talk about, and now I you know have to sort of shape my day around that. So I didn't even want to put anybody on the spot for them to join me on the air. So our phone lines are open seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight is a number to join us by calling or texting. Again, that number is seven seven three seven six three WCPT. I feel like doing a little contest. I can give away some tickets to my show at the Laugh Factory. I'll do that before the end of the show. So stay tuned for that. I've got a uh, trivia question that's labor labor related. More in a moment on WCPT eight twenty Heartland Signal. WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk, where facts matter. Listening to some uh, folk songs about uh, about unions, about labor rights. Uh, there's the Library of Congress has a list of uh, all the songs that were created. Ooh, where's that music coming from? I should probably there we go. <laughs> pushing all the buttons again. It's my uh, it's my stock and trade is pushing all the right buttons. Uh, you're listening to Driving at Home with me, Patty Vasquez, and I was trying to find some music for today. And the Library of Congress has uh, a lot of the a lot of the lyrics, sheet music of labor songs uh, from the late 1800s, early 1900s. So I've been trying to find some audio to use throughout the show. I think we've talked about the movies uh, that cover uh, unions and labor. I was at, I would love to play Nine to Five by Dolly Parton, but I don't want to get in any. I know, but that's a good that's a good Labor Day song. I think uh, such a, that was a movie that I I need to see again because I saw it when I came out, so I was I was very young. It still resonates with me. I think as far as the scenes that I remember, if you haven't seen the movie, uh, my recollection of it is that it's a great movie with Lily Tomlin and Bette Midler and. Jay Jane Fonda with Dabney Coleman as this horrible, sexist uh, pig boss. And uh, I don't want to, you know, even though it's from the, I think, the late 70s, I still don't want to give you any spoilers, but highly recommend. But my favorite union movie is Norma Ray with Sally Field. Uh, just love that movie. And uh, I know other folks have their favorites as well. 773-763-9278 is a number to join our conversation. If you have a, a union movie or a movie about workers' rights, that you like, give us a call. Share us that. Share that with us. I know there's one I'm supposed to watch, and I have not. I feel bad every time I talk about this. It's Matawan. I think is a movie I've been told I should watch, but I I keep forgetting. It is uh, Labor Day, and again, I I chose not to invite any guests on because I didn't want them to be on be on the spot. You know, a lot of times people will think about it. And they, there's an anxiety to being on the air, and I want to tell you, listeners, uh, everybody, um, is that I know that calling in is stressful. And because you, like, I don't like calling in to do a show. When I do the the remotes, it's not that easy. Believe me, when I'm not in studio and I can't see Lady B, um, I, I, my heart starts racing. Or if I call into a show because you can't make eye contact and and you don't know how you sound and you're afraid of saying something weird or whatever. Uh, hello, I say stuff weird all the time, and it's not easy. I get it, but. 
your contribution to the show is the strongest part of what we do here at WCPT for all the shows where we do local call-in. Our Chicago listeners uh, are the best. You are the biggest asset uh, to our shows. So I always encourage you to call or text because we are grateful for your input all the time and it helps us decide what we're talking about. If there's something on your mind, especially my little one-hour show, I, uh, I you know we kind of figure maybe you haven't had a chance to call in and uh, you want to talk about something that's on your mind, especially anything that's in the news. And so the, the phone lines, of course, are open. And I know that folks, man, we have had wi- a wide range of weather this weekend. It's uh, been anything from uh, steamy and hot, uh, cooled off a little bit. And then today it's it's got that, it has that summer's over feel to it. It's cool. You kind of can feel a little bit of moisture in the air. Uh, it's breezy. It's overcast. But man, that smell of barbecues. All over my neighborhood going on right now. People in their backyards. Uh, one of our neighbors had a party in the, in the wee hours of the morning. Uh, I'm not going to assume that they listen to the show, but uh, not for nothing, neighbors. One o'clock in the morning is, a, is stretching it a little bit. If you <laughs> And we're not the kind of people that are going to yell out the window, turn it down. Um, I know other folks are, but uh, we just kind of, it doesn't happen that often. So we did not make a big deal about it this time. And uh, let me know what you're doing for your, what you did for your Labor Day weekend. Uh, we kind of, uh, we went shopping a little bit because my son Griffin is uh, gearing up to go to college. He's uh, on the, the quarter system, so he starts in later in September. Oh, that reminds me. I also think usually Labor Day is sort of the unofficial end of summer. We know it's in later in September is the, the calendar, the, um, you know, the, the true uh, switch from was September 21st. Um, but usually it's Labor Day because right after Labor Day is when school schools open again for Chicago Public Schools. That was the tradition for my entire life. And this was the first year that CPS started before Labor Day, putting them closer on the same schedule with a suburban and, and private school. So I wonder how much different it was for families to have, uh, you know, usually you could take like a whole week and go on vacation because we went to, um, I, I wasn't here on Friday and we were on the road. And we stopped in Milwaukee to go to the uh, Milwaukee Zoo. My son Griffin uh, had his birthday. And every year, for as long as we can remember, we've been taking him to the zoo, Lincoln Park Zoo. And because we wanted to get out of town a little bit, we were like, look, look, maybe now that you're going to college, you know, we've gone to the same zoo and we love Lincoln Park Zoo. We will continue to be uh, fans of the zoo and, and go there as often as we can. But let's, you know, maybe the new tradition is that we get to go to different zoos around the country, maybe around the world someday with our now adult son. It's just so weird to say. So we stopped in Milwaukee. They have a great zoo, but we got there only an hour before they were closing. We we're like, well, you know, we'll see what we can see. Lady B, there were maybe 20 people in the entire. We basically had a private zoo for an hour. It was, I don't know if I should have said this because now next year on the Friday before Labor Day, people are like, oh, we got to go to the Milwaukee Zoo. It was incredible. I don't know if you've ever been somewhere where for whatever, you know, connection of moments and timing and whatever you get to, like I went to Great America one time and it was empty and we could just go on any ride we wanted. Like the, you know, the people running the rides were like, do you want to just stay on the ride and go again? We're like, yes, this is like happening. Private access to this entire place, and so that's what it was like for us at the Milwaukee Zoo on Friday, and it was really nice. It was a beautiful uh, moment. We actually saw a few, a uh, few of the animals that were uh, being fed after hours. There was we saw a, a hippo, a pretty. 
pretty up close and, and private, up, up close and personal with the zoo. Um, let's see. My, I'm getting a text from uh, a listener uh, known as my husband. Skilling would say meteorologically, fall weather starts. Uh, does he really? September first. You know, I'm going to go with Tom Skilling because he is our our weather genius in Chicago. He really is one of the best. If you ever hear Dan Levy's. Um, there's a there's audio for my, whenever I fill in for Jonas Esposito and you'll you'll hear me say is it going to be hot or cold tomorrow I just want to know how high I have to shave that's in reference to Tom Skilling doing about what three hours and forty five minutes of weather during a one hour newscast I mean he just packs in so much information the upper atmosphere the barometric pressure the easterlies and the northerlies uh, and man when he does a like a weather special uh, it is it's incredible it's also a little overwhelming because he'll have have, my husband will, can text me. We'll talk about this after the break if you'd like. But uh, Steve, text me the uh, phrase that he used about tornadoes hitting Chicago um, because that's that kept, kept my husband awake for a few nights. 773-763-9278 is the number to call and join our conversation. We are driving it home. I'm your host, Patty Vasquez. More in a moment on WCPT Heartland Signal. Information is power. Stay informed to know what's going on. Staying informed gives me the power of knowledge. I wake up. Need to know what happened. I turn on the radio. Because information is power. WCPT 820. Where facts matter. This is WCPT 820. Where facts matter. Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Monaco Brewing Company, and I sell progressive beer like AOC IPA and Bernie Brew, a lovingly irascible Democratic Socialist lager. A percentage of the proceeds of every beer I sell goes to helping keep Wisconsin blue and driving the Trump cult out of our state. Enjoy a great craft beer and help your dysfunctional neighbor to the north get its democracy back. Now available at Arminetti Wine and Spirits in Woodstock, Illinois, and Famous Liquors in Lombard, as well as in Chicago at A&S Wine and Spirits, Back of the Yards, and Granite Western Liquors, Ukrainian Village. Please drink responsibly. Oops, I was trying to hit something, but I don't think I hit it. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Um, That's Mr. Christian Smalls, President of Amazon Labor Um, Union. First off, you know, it sounded like you was talking about more of the companies and the businesses in your speech, but you forgot that the people are the ones who make these companies operate. And that we're not protected, and that the process for when we hold these companies accountable is not working for us, then that's not what, that's the reason why we're here today. That's the reason why I'm here to represent the workers who make these companies go. And I think that it's in your best interest to realize that it's not a, a left or right thing. It's not a Democrat or a Republican thing. It's a workers thing. It's a workers issue. And we're the ones that are suffering and the corporations that you're talking about, and the businesses that you're talking about, and the warehouses that you're talking about. So that's the reason why I think I was invited today to speak on that behalf. And you should listen, because we do represent your constituents as well. Um, So just take that into consideration that the people are the ones that make these corporations go. It's It's not the other way around. Yeah! Sorry, it's Mr. Christian Smalls, president of the Amazon Labor Union. Uh, he was uh, speaking before the Senate Banking Committee. And, uh, of course, Lindsey Graham had some disparaging words about denigrating corporations and businesses and banks and things like that. You know, how dare you denigrate the people who make huge financial contributions to my campaigns? <laughs> I, mean, 
I, I, those are moments. We, we, we should just be watching C-SPAN. You got to watch how the sausage is made sometime because you will get great moments like this where someone gives a, a speech and, and reminds everyone of why they're there, which is for the American people. Again, another moment in President Biden's speech when he talked about how he's not the president of red states or he's not the president of blue states. He's president of the United States of America, which we lost track of and lost sight of. Uh, we didn't. Uh, our former leader did. And it was such a divisive time. But it is. It is about workers' rights. And we we need to be reminded of that. And it really has been remarkable, I think, over the last uh, year to see unions not only get stronger, but also expand and more people uh, interested in participating in bargaining rights and workman's comp and all the things that, uh, you know, safety at work for wages. It has been uh, important to remember that. And, you know, look, my I think I pay... It's not easy. You know, I, I guess I was, as an actor, as a performer, we don't often we don't often make a lot of money. Well, maybe I'll get a gig that pays, you know, uh, $500 for an appearance and I'll get some residuals for it. And I, I pay then 300 something. It, my union dues are based on how much I make per year. So if I don't make very much and SAG-AFTRA gives performers the option to pause their membership if you're not making any money and you can't you know you cannot pay the dues they will give you an opportunity to say hey look i'm not making a lot of money right now i need to uh, save the money that i would pay in my dues and they're like fine and when you're ready you're reinstated when you're going to get work or you need uh you know some help from sag aftra then they they reinstate your your membership. It's as easy as that, and I am I'm grateful for that because I had to take advantage of it years ago. Because I just you know you don't it's fat it's feast or famine, feast or famine. I know it's like that for a lot of people. Hey, Mirna, what's on your mind, my friend? Don't call me friend. You got a lot of nerve calling me friend, Patty. <laughs> Why? I'm really upset with you. Why? Teasing everybody, thinking that you were going to make a big announcement about I did. You running. Not running as an announcement. I know. I'm sorry. I, you know what? I, I, you and I are no longer BFFs, okay? That's oh, all there is I apologize. <laughs> I, I did not. I have to tell you. I, I have. I, I, can I blame it on a lack of sleep? Because you are not the only one. Turns out, people that I work with during the day were like, uh, "We were, you know, they had they had three hours of like, did Patty not tell us something?" I had the local. I I, I just I, I was just telling Lady B. I figured like a, a non-announcement wouldn't be that big. I guess I put it out there because I wanted people to stop asking me in particular. Since it was petitions day, I was still getting phone calls. I've been on, you know, it's been a lot with Declan in the hospital. Um, so I wanted, but I didn't want to just like I couldn't. I've never done that. before. I've never done like I'm going to like when I decided to run, it was already obvious. It kind of was already in the news uh, when I ran for state rep. Um, so I, 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 I apologize for getting your hopes up yeah. or just frustrating in general. I'm still mad at you. <laughs> no longer be a But hey, when you do run, make sure you run for me and make sure that you send me the lawn signs. I put them all over my lawn <laughs> and on my porch. The, the whole damn neighborhood can see the sign, okay? Jeez. Well, so oh, it's no a long friend. All right. Hey, I couldn't do this. If I ran for office, you do understand that I could not do this show anymore. So. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. I understand. I'm just kidding with you. I, you, know, I, was, I, was, I was hoping that you would run, but at the same time, I'm thinking she's got so much on her plate right now that this probably wouldn't be a good time. So if right. she is running, I think she's got a good, good, good team 
oh. backing her up to get through this. The stars but, went the line you know, perfectly for me to run again. Not perfectly, but you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. And it makes sense. So, you know, everything happens when it's supposed to happen. There you go. So, sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just wanted to say, like I said, we're no longer BFFs. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Hey, I, I got my bosses angry at me here. Mark Pinsky came running into the studio. He's like, is there something I'm supposed to know? And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> it also didn't help that I was on the air for like three hours before my actual show. I was filling in for Joan last Tuesday. For those who don't know, um, the petitions for the city of Chicago uh, are starting to circulate for anyone who wants to run for municipal races. And uh, folks have been approaching me since uh, I, even before uh, my before I even really launched my my race to run for state rep people are like can't you just wait and run for alder woman and and i get it there's a you know folks want to have somebody who is attentive to their needs who uh is responsive who is uh not contentious with people who disagree with them that kind of stuff and uh, i just it's it's uh, i've told people as well that you know my skill set continues to be at the state level for legislative uh, policy and uh, understanding. Not that I wouldn't uh, do whatever it, it took to become uh, better adept at what it takes to be an alder person or work for the city of Chicago, but I have for over a decade worked at the state level. So thank you. Yeah. Oh, and, and by the way, um, please wish Susanna a, a quick, oh. speedy, very healthy full recovery. I will. I might be happy. Absolutely. She's a, she's a member. So. Yes. And for- uh, again, we're no longer BFFs, but I'll still listen to your show, okay? <laughs> Good to know. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks, Marina. Appreciate it. Okay. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye. All right. Thanks. Uh, I do have, you know what? I will, let's do a uh, uh, let's do a trivia question for a pair of tickets to the Laugh Factory. I'll be at the Laugh Factory on September 25th. Uh, that's a Laugh Factory over on Broadway near Belmont. Uh, so it's just a, it's a trivia question. Uh, and so if you Google it, I'm not going to be able to double check. Uh, but who coined the phrase for the labor movement? Who was the one that basically introduced the phrase, Si se puede! I, I want to know uh, who you th- who you know. You've got we, we should know because I didn't know this, and uh, and I'm embarrassed by that. Si se puede, who 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 did that? Who and, and you don't have to tell me why. Uh, let's see if I can find the interview with the person who uh, who made Si se puede the rally cry of unions. Seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. Who made Si se puede the rally cry for for uh, for workers for laborers uh, for your chance to win a pair of tickets to the Laugh Factory? My show Patty Vasquez and Friends is every last Sunday of the month. Uh, this month we will feature Joe Kilgallen, Erica Nicole Clark, Erica Nicole Clark, uh, Amy Nico Schwartz, and. Matthew Patrick Torres. That'll be at 7 p.m. on September 25th. Let's take a break here. We'll take Roosevelt's call when we come back on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. Mm-hmm. You're listening to WCPT 820 because facts matter. Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Minocqua Brewing Company, and I sell progressive beer like AOC IPA and Bernie Brew, a lovingly irascible Democratic Socialist lager. A percentage of the proceeds of every beer I sell goes to helping keep Wisconsin blue and driving the Trump cult out of our state. Enjoy a great craft beer and help your dysfunctional neighbor to the north get its democracy back. Now available at Arminetti Wine and Spirits in Woodstock, Illinois, and Famous Liquors in Lombard, as well as in Chicago at A&S Wine and Spirits, Back of the Yards, and Granite Western Liquors, Ukrainian Village. Please drink responsibly. I'm just going to go right back to talking because we only have a little bit of time left. And Michael 
has, I believe, has our answer for our trivia question. Who made the phrase, Si se puede, the rally cry for workers? Hi, Michael. Hi there. Hi. Cesar Chavez. Oh, see? And this is what people think. Mm-mm. Sorry. I, it's it, it's so very close. So very close, Michael. <laughs> Thank you very much. Have a great afternoon. Uh, but come to the show anyway. It's uh, on September 25th. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate it. Uh, let's see. Roosevelt might know. And so I, I don't know if, uh, if Roosevelt wants to go to uh, the Laugh Factory on September 25th. Hey, Roosevelt, how are you doing today? Hello, Patty. How are you doing? Thank you for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Thank you, of course. And I want to bring up, uh, you mentioned movies related to labor. Now, I don't know if you, uh, you or your radio listeners are going to agree, agree with this one, but I'm going to bring a weird one. And that is Wall Street. Ooh. 1987. Uh, I believe Charlie and, uh, and his father, uh, Martin Sheen, were in the movie. And in the movie, his father, in real life, of course, is a union leader of a union worker. I believe that's uh, right. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Yes, yes. And and in the end, Gecko, aka Michael Douglas, is the big shot that brings uh, Charlie Sheen under his wing and teaches him how to get money real quick. And that famous phrase that he poses in the movie. Greed is good. And right. he says that yep. greed is Oof. good. And, and at the end, Charlie backstabs him and stands with his dad and the union workers because I believe they were going to u- lose their jobs. I believe they were, uh, I'm not, I, I don't remember. I know he was a, uh, a mechanic, a, 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 a airplane mechanic, I, I, something related. Yeah, I believe that's what it was. So I, when you said that, that's the first movie that came to mind. Now, there's Office, what is that, uh, Office Space? There's Norma Ray. <laughs> that's a good one, yeah, Norma Ray, yep. Norma Ray, um, no, which other one? What about the one with um, Pretty, what's the one that uh, Pretty Woman, uh, what's that actress? Uh, Aaron Brockovich? Is that a union movie? No, that's more of a no. That's more of a class action suit against the companies that Ah, were polluting the waters. Yeah, I got got that one. I got that one crossed up. But uh, yeah, so I wanted to you know bring those up, and and then when you were talking about um, uh, Trump in general, uh, another thing that came to mind when you mentioned union and how much he stiffed union workers for years, for decades. Because he would contract, contract uh, even his, his uh, Trump Tower in New York, he hired Polish uh, undocumented workers and stiffed them, for, and they had to take him to court for 10 years to sue him because he wouldn't even pay $4 an hour to, to workers that were uh, getting paid under the table on his own building. I, know, I don't know if you remember that. Uh, oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, so so I wouldn't, so that's that's another thing that came to mind uh, as far as uh, relating to the union. And where would this country be um, uh, without uh, without the union uh, without the unions? Uh, you know, and, and, oh, and there's another one, the one with Sylvester Stallone, Fist, F I F dot I dot S dot I'm not familiar with yeah. that one. On, yeah, so. that's about the, that's about the mob and the unions. Uh, Fist, and he was also uh, in the movie. He portrays a leader of a of a union, 
1978. Interesting. Rod Steiger, Peter Boyle. Yeah, that's a good movie. That's a good movie. And it's, uh, you mm-hmm. know, it's, uh, I think they go back to the 40s or 30s, uh, you know, the, the deflecting uh, the stuff that started when the units first started working. Because, uh, you know, if you remember correctly, the police were hired to... to to beat up on the on the on the workers themselves oh, yeah. because you had, you had these big com- these big companies, um, these big companies uh, that wanted to uh, enforce their, their 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 rules upon the workers. Uh, no protection. No, uh, like you said, as far as the hourly uh, wages, uh, raises. You know, safety. That's the main concern with right. everything. Maybe that's why Aaron Brockovich uh, came to mind sure. when, uh, when you said the unions. Um, so basically, that's it. That's uh, Those are the ones. Thank you for but, telling uh, me about Fists. Uh, here's the the description. Sylvester Stallone star, yeah. stars in this hard-hitting, boldly ambitious drama that powerfully reveals a significant slice of American history. As So it's a fictional union leader, right? Johnny Kovac. Uh, yep. Right, film follows the rise and fall of Kovac from his beginnings as an idealistic blue-collar worker to his final position as head of one of the country's most powerful unions, the Federation of Interstate Truckers. But there are no unscarred heroes in this world, Roosevelt. Sorry, I interrupted you. And you know what makes me feel good as far as the unions? How recently certain businesses have become union. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and. And, and even our college uh, kids that are uh, um, uh, in sports, um, uh, you know, now they're getting, yep. they're going to be getting paid, I believe. So that that's a positive. And it, as recent as last week, wasn't some, I, I don't remember the name of the restaurant. Was it, um, was it Chipotle? Oh, I- or Taco Bell? One of those restaurants became unionized, I believe. So that that's it's a positive, and when you see these uh, these um, these businesses that are becoming unionized, and it seems like the youth of America is, has opened their eyes as far as uh, you know who who stands to protect them. Because if you rely constantly on the businesses and the owners of businesses, they're going to stiff the workers constantly. They're going to find a way of getting more pro- uh, productivity uh, and more. Uh, you know, out of the worker, right? You know, so so that's uh, it's a positive. And 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 uh, oh, there was something else I was going to say. Oh, I know. I wanted to be a smart smart mouth here and say this: if unions are so bad, why do professional sports, all professional sports, belong to unions? Why the first responders belong to unions that get paid by us, the taxpayers? So if they're so bad and they're, they're terrible. Why do all these people that uh, that have strong unions um, rely upon the union to protect them? You know, as far as that. So, so all these union busters like Reagan that started this, you know, right. and 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 uh, look where we're at. And it, and it's always the Republican Party. So all you people that say it's the, the same, the two parties are the same. There's no comparison because Reagan started that. And don't re- don't forget, Reagan was a Democrat. And I believe he was a union sword or he was in a union. That I don't remember. But I, there was something to that. Yeah. I, I, that I don't remember either, but go ahead. Yeah. 
I think it was General. Didn't he work for General Electric? I said something to that. I, I could be corrected. I, those guys like Jim from Chicago, and those guys know more than I do. And and Dave from what is he from Hoffman Estates? And they they know more about it. But uh, I believe it was. Uh, I believe he was. Reagan was in General Electric. I believe he was a a union rep or something. I, I don't remember. Oh, that, yeah, I'm Democrat. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to say. Thank you, Pat. Sure, of course. And thank you for time. Of course. That's for you and your family and all your radio listeners. Have a happy holiday to all you people out there. Absolutely. So thank Th- thank yeah. our unions for a great day today. Thank you so much, Roosevelt. Appreciate it. And I do have to say that uh, the uh, the spread of union membership, uh, the er- energy behind wanting to join unions and organize, uh, is really I think it is remarkable. And some folks think it's it, there is a, there's sort of a contagious ele- element to it when you see other people fighting and you look and go, hey, look around, and go, I I am a, a verbally assaulted at work, or I don't feel safe, or I'm not paid fairly, and you start you know there there's an energy behind that, and it's important. Oh, I think we have a winner. Hey, John, how are you doing? Yes, this is John. I'm just calling in. I, I didn't think I would even make it uh, uh, to, 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 you know, I mean, to, to give you the answer because I thought somebody would have it already. I know. This is embarrassing because people often do think it's Cesar Chavez who made the phrase, si se puede, the rally cry for laborers. But who was it, John? Dolores Huerta. That's right, Dolores Huerta. Uh, I think that, that, you know, I was thinking about today, I know that there's a documentary about Dolores Huerta and her work, her incredible work with the farmers, immigrants, uh, and so much progress when it came to agricultural work, uh, that she does seem to be the, you know, sort of secondary to all of this. And she was such a, a she worked in the as a legislative liaison when she was only 25, maybe 26 years old. She became very instrumental. She was instrumental into the progress of not just agricultural workers across the country, but also immigrant workers. So thank you, John. I've got tickets for you for a stay on the line, and we're going to get well, your name will be at the door. If you want to come and see the show on September 25th, uh, sure. we'll put your name at the door at the Laugh Factory on Broadway. Do you need my last name or just my first name? We'll just uh, hang on one second, and uh, Lady B will, will jot that down for me and text it to me so I have it for that night. Okay. Okay, thank you. Thank of course, you. thank you, thank you. And folks can go to laughfactory.com, uh, go to the Chicago site and uh, find out here. So this is uh, this is just, by the way, Dolores Huerta is 92 years old, and here she is just a few weeks ago on August 26th, uh, just a few weeks ago, talking about laborers and immigrants. And this I found this really important to hear right now. Uh-oh. I can't get it to go. Where's the thing? Mm-hmm. Nope, I don't think I can make it go. Why won't that go on? Oh, no, Lady B. Am I not using the right buttons? Aw, oh, man. So she gave a speech. Uh, she's a, she is an incredible labor leader, and she gave a speech about um, having to fight back. She talks about immigration, about how many people uh, hate uh, the idea of people fighting for their rights. I don't know why this button. I had it going the whole show, and now I can't make it work. I'm so sad. I had everything queued up. That doesn't, let's see, that, no. I did something wrong, everybody. I apologize. Well, so that's how I end the show is with a thud. Is that what happened? Just a big... (laughs) Well, you know what? Let's end in a little bit of energy from uh, Steve Goody, uh, because none of this matters. Because in Dolores Huerta's speech, she also talks about one of the most important things to do um, is going to have to be doing this. Let me get this button. I think I can can press this one. It is this one. You want facts to matter? Want to hear some truth? Get your lazy ass down through the voting booth and vote! Oh, damn it! Oh, damn it! Oh, damn it. Want some 
is on the Supreme Court. Lifetime appointments, they ain't short. Want women to control their own body. Want a real president, not John Gotti. Want a clear separation of church and state, and don't come free There you go. So none of it matters unless we vote and make sure we turn some of these seats that could be blue. Uh, go in the direction of fighting for workers' rights, fighting for women's autonomy, fighting for uh, accessible health care so that you don't fear an illness or an injury that could bankrupt you. All those. There's so many. The list is so very long. But have a wonderful evening, everyone. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, take care. Of course, Cynthia Jackson in the morning. We've got Tom Hartman. we got Stephanie Miller, Tom Hartman, uh, Jonas Bezito, then me, Devil's Advocate. Is Devil's Advocate on tonight? There, we've got Devil's Advocate next. Mike Crute. Be well, everybody. Love you, Lady B. Good night.